0: You are listening to Herpes 101, the podcast. Hello everyone, my name is Richard Mancuso, and you are listening to Episode 6, Why Do Some People Experience More Symptoms Than Others? Jessica woke to the blasting horn sound on her phone. She set the alarm this way on purpose, because, well, she's quite the heavy sleeper. Reaching over to the nightstand, desperately searching for the snooze button like a fish flopping around on dry land, she didn't feel right. Something was off, and she knew it. Oh, that's not right, she said to herself, as her head was slightly spinning. Slowly, she rolled over on her back, and began staring at the ceiling inside. As she did this, she felt feverish, sore, and something odd was going on downstairs between her legs. Oh, damn. She knew what this was. Every damn month. What is triggering this? And why does this keep happening to me? How many pills do I have to take to make this go away? David decided to hit the gym after work because he had been putting it off for way too long. A few days have gone by and work was keeping him late, so he didn't have time. Later that evening while at the gym, he felt something odd at the base of his penis. What is that? Is that a pimple? Um, maybe it's an ingrown hair. I I don't know. David walked into the bathroom stall for some privacy and decided to take a look. Well, it's either a pimple or an ingrown hair. Taking his two thumbs and placing them on either side of this tiny bump, he squeezed, and it popped. Ooh, ow, that hurt. Oh, man, I guess it was a pimple. Denise was in a hurry, and she was running late. She needed to get ready for work and was clearly running out of time. While in the shower, she remembered about her date later that evening and decided to trim up her legs and vagina, just in case. The potential for sex was there, so why not be prepared, she thought. God, I hope he doesn't say anything dopey right before sex again. She mumbled to herself (laughs) and started to laugh a little. Later that afternoon, sitting at her desk during a conference call, she felt some tingling and a little itchy. Hmm, you know, maybe I shaved a little too hard this morning. I'll go take a look. While standing in the stall with one leg on the toilet, she decided to take a look. Totally weird. There's nothing there. Oh, well, whatever. The herpes simplex virus has been around for millions of years, and it has used this time to perfect its method of infection. It has basically exploited how humans communicate with one another with diabolical precision. Basically, the virus hasn't changed much except for a few strains of type 1 and a few strains of type 2 that have become antiviral resistant, along with some other small mutations. Basically, the virus has remained somewhat unchanged. The most significant variable here isn't the virus. It's us, human beings. If you watch the news as much as I do, You've heard conversations about viruses like the flu and other coronaviruses. You have also heard terms such as immunocompromised and autoimmune issues. People who fall into these categories do not have the most adequate ability to fight off infections that are caused by bacteria or viruses. Sad, but true. Herpes is a virus, one that creates a viral infection within the nervous system and can lay dormant for very long periods of time. And it can cause recurrent disease. Most people who are seropositive never experience any symptoms whatsoever. This is 80% of the population of those who have either type of herpes, type 1 and or type 2. When people in this category experience symptoms, they are generally insignificant or even unnoticeable. Where did that pimple come from? This is due to having a very favorable immune response to the virus proper reaction to herpes allows the immune system to identify most, if not all of the 75 proteins that make up the virus, thus allowing it to create a proper antibody response that is necessary to fight the virus properly and keep it at bay. It's regrettable to say that approximately 20% of those infected with herpes simplex will suffer from frequent and uncomfortable symptoms. These can include sharp pains, tingling sensations, severe neuralgic pain, urinary tract infections, bacterial vaginosis, outbreaks, and recurrent painful ulcers. However, the intensity or duration of how someone will suffer from a herpes outbreak will solely depend upon their immune system's reaction to the virus. A great deal of these individuals have an immune system that has failed to identify most of the 75 proteins in order to effectively control the disease, due to these missing pieces of instructions. They may also have some other issues that have caused this lack of response, but basically, herpes is pretty sneaky. When a person has an autoimmune condition or they are immunocompromised before becoming infected with herpes, many will suffer from frequent symptoms. It is this pre-existing condition or conditions that can cause an inadequate response to the virus. So, when it comes to the idea that herpes is really going to directly cause a person to contract other viruses and bacteria it's not. It's all up to your immune response, not herpes, with the exception of herpes causing a 2-3 two- fold increased risk of contracting HIV. But that's not going to happen unless you're exposed to somebody who has active HIV. So there's really not much to worry about. One direct cause could be theorized using the example of women who suffer from bacterial vaginosis or from yeast infections due to an imbalance caused by herpes outbreaks. Still. Herpes simplex does not cause you to be immunocompromised, and it is not an autoimmune issue. If you do not have any autoimmune conditions, or you're not immunocompromised, but still suffer from outbreaks, you simply have a poor response to the virus. This doesn't mean your immune system is terrible or that it sucks, just the response to herpes does. Although, an argument could stand quite firm that a situation as such as that does indeed suck. An autoimmune disease is a condition in which your immune system mistakenly attacks your body's cells. In conditions like this, the immune system mistakes parts of your body as foreign invaders instead of recognizing them as good cells. Multiple sclerosis, rheumatoid arthritis, inflammatory bowel disease, lupus, type 1 diabetes, Addison's disease, Graves' disease, and Hashimoto's uh, thyroid disease. But herpes is not a disease that causes the immune system to attack itself. Still, a lack of response to the virus caused by having any of these conditions will indeed allow the virus to emerge and reproduce more often. Now, some may ask, What about herpes causing me to be immunocompromised? Here's a quote from cancer.gov Patients who are immunocompromised have a reduced ability to fight infections and other diseases. This may be caused by certain diseases or conditions, such as AIDS, cancer, diabetes, malnutrition, and certain genetic disorders. It may also be caused by certain medicines and treatments, such as anti cancer drugs, radiation therapy, or, or even an organ transplant. An immune deficiency or to be immunocompromised when their immune system is incapable of working at full capacity, these are things that can happen. So basically, herpes will trick the immune system. But it does not cause a person to become immunocompromised. Oral and genital herpes can be uncomfortable for some people, but they're generally not dangerous infections in healthy adults. Again, remember, it does not affect the immune system. It is also paramount to remember that herpes has many immune system evasion strategies that it employs during the infection process. These strategies make herpes very successful at getting inside and laying dormant and creating that infection that never leaves. Because of these immune evasion strategies, it's possible that the immune cells in individuals suffering from recurrent disease may have missed some of the intended targets of herpes. So basically, Your immune system just didn't get a good look at the virus when you were first infected. There is always going to be a percentage of people who have an immune system that did not see the virus properly due to the sneaky nature and aggressive behavior of herpes. It can happen, and it will happen. There's also the possibility that an individual may have been exposed to a strain of type 1 or a strain of type 2 that happens to be antiviral resistant. I know, I know it sucks. Just in general, herpes just flat out sucks, I get it. And when you look at the statistics, most people who are exposed to herpes, they never even see any signs or symptoms of that infection taking place. They have no idea that anything even happened. They don't know that they carry it, and they also don't know that there may possibly be spreading it. They just don't know. For most people, herpes is completely innocuous, and it's totally not a big deal. However, if you talk to somebody who suffers from chronic symptoms, they will tell you, most emphatically, that herpes is a big deal to them. I'd like to thank you for taking the time to listen, to hang out, to maybe even possibly learn something. And I hope that this episode in some way gave you some insight and some better understanding. Thanks for listening. You are listening to Herpes 101, the podcast.